0: Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and here's what you need to know about mobile apps and games for this week. And this one is all over the place, plus there's a new section at the end. Earlier in the week, I polled my Twitter followers to see if they could guess how many apps turned 10 this year. That's a decade on the App Store and Google Play. For the first time ever, the votes were split between the very right answer and the very wrong answer. The very right answer is... 73,599 iOS and Android apps will turn 10 in 2023. That is, apps were released in 2013 and are still available on the App Store and on Google Play. If your app is on the list, congrats for sticking it out for so long. 10 is a big number. This bit surprised me a little bit. The split between the App Store and Google Play is nearly identical, with Google Play owning 52% of the total and the App Store, 48%. That means... It's less about the platform and more about just being out there. Games were the single largest category, just as you'd expect, with 12,289 titles. Utilities, education, books, and business round up the top five categories. Can you guess which apps are on the list? I'll give you a quick moment. Okay, that was it. Here are a few names you may recognize. DoorDash, Telegram, Duolingo, the Android version. The iOS version was released the year before. Pixart. Cash App. Yes, it's been that long since Cash App came out. Zoom, the Android version again. And DuckDuckGo. Crazy, right? See, App Figures turned fourteen a few months ago, so I remember a world that didn't have any of these apps. Yep. Speaking of incumbents, Amazon has been the most downloaded shopping app in the U.S. for a very long time. It managed to beat local competitors like Walmart and even international competition from apps like Wish. But it looks like Amazon has finally met its match. Well, (laughs) matches. Amazon's downloads have been pretty stable in the U.S. for quite some time and went up fairly recently. Going all the way back to 2020, Amazon's shopping app was averaging around 550,000 downloads per week in the U.S. according to our estimates. The summer of 2022 was strong, pushing Amazon's weekly downloads to more than double with a range between 800,000 and 1.2 million downloads every week. And that spike didn't slow down until February of this year, after which downloads really started sloping down. Amazon ended last week with just 342,000 downloads from the US. Way below its 2020 average and way, way below its 2022 average. Why? because there are other shopping alternatives and those alternatives have been getting more downloads consistently for quite some time now. Shein, a clothing retailer that sells fast fashion shipped from China, has been chasing Amazon's sales since it launched. Keyword here being chasing. Shein averaged a little over half of Amazon downloads back in 2020, and that's on a weekly basis. They got close a few times, but not enough to really take the lead. In January of 2023, That changed and Shein's downloads are now about double those of Amazon in the US. Shein saw 617,000 downloads from the App Store and Google Play in the US last week alone, according to our estimates. And by the way, do you need download and revenue estimates for your competitors? Check out the link in the description to get access to the numbers I'm using. Now, Shein isn't even Amazon's biggest threat right now. Timu, a China-based retailer that sells a variety of goods from clothes to furniture at very low prices, took the App Store and Google Play by storm when it launched late last year, and by storm I mean with weekly downloads, in the US, crossing a million every week since launch. Every week? That's at least three times what Amazon sees, and more than double what Shein sees on a good day. The holiday shopping season was big for Timu. It averaged 2 million new downloads in the US every week between November and December, according to our estimates. Downloads dropped since, which makes sense considering the shopping season is kind of over. But are still astronomically high in comparison. According to our app intelligence, Timu saw 1.3 million new downloads last week in the US. This is a big problem for Amazon, which may mean the next Prime Day will be a little more exciting than the last few. And yes, Timu is one of the biggest spanders on Apple search ads, which helps it get those downloads. You'd know that if you're subscribed to the channel. If you aren't, now's a great time to subscribe and also to give the episode a like. Earlier in the week, the state of Montana announced its plan to ban TikTok in 2024. This is the first decisive action we've seen regarding TikTok so far, and while I really don't think it'll actually happen, it did raise a thought. Does the US still want TikTok? Over the last few years, demand for TikTok has been generally following an upward trend, a spike during COVID, and a very healthy 2022, but that run might be over. According to our estimates, TikTok made its way into 3.1 million iOS and Android devices in April in the U.S. This sounds like a lot and considering that's three times the population of the state of Montana, it is. But when you compare it to March's 4.2 million downloads, it's a significant drop. A 26% drop if you prefer more precision. It gets worse when we compare it to February's 4.4 million downloads and. Even worse when we compare it to January's 5 million downloads, and I'm not even going to compare it to 2022 when TikTok's downloads rose to a peak of 7.8 million according to our intelligence. Is TikTok on its way out then? Uh, Not really. Keep in mind, these figures are only for the US, which was responsible for roughly 13% of all of TikTok's downloads since 2018. Not including China, TikTok has been downloaded more than 3 billion times globally in that period. Ultimately, I expect Montana won't go through with this decision. The only reason I can think of for Montana to announce the decision now but not put the block in place until 2024 is so they can play the news game while being persuaded not to do it. Do you think I'm wrong? Let me know in the comments. Now, let's talk money. Streaming apps are somewhat of an easy go to on this weekend apps because it's an area of the store that's only been taken seriously fairly recently. As COVID locked down most of us and we're getting a front row seat to how companies are trying to win this race. All of the streamers I talk about regularly have a broad catalog of content. Disney Plus is somewhat of an exception but it's Disney content so it's broad on its own. Crunchyroll is a good example of exactly the opposite and it's doing pretty well. Crunchyroll, in case you aren't familiar, is a streaming app for anime. Just anime. Nothing else. The app was launched all the way back in 2009 and was acquired by Sony in 2021. Its revenue has been on an up and to the right trend for a very long time now. This year alone, Crunchyroll's monthly net revenue from the App Store grew 17%, from $14.9 million in January to $17.8 million in April. And that's net, meaning what Sony gets to keep after giving Apple its share. Crunchyroll has already earned $74 million of net revenue from the App Store this year more than 64% of what it earned in all of 2022, which was a great year in terms of revenue and we're not even at the halfway point yet. I expect to see more new streamers rise as streaming becomes the most popular way to consume content. And last for this week is a bit different. This one's an opinion piece. OpenAI released an official mobile app for ChatGPT this week. Normally, I'd wait a week or two and collect some data before talking about it here, but This launch is important, so instead of focusing on the data, I'm going to share my thoughts about what this means. And I'll look at the data next week, so make sure you're subscribed. ChatGPT, OpenAI's version, is currently the most downloaded app in the US App Store. The only place where you can get the app right now. This isn't a surprise, but what does this release mean for the thousands of apps that launched to bring ChatGPT to mobile phones over the last few months? Here's my take. It's both good and bad. Good for some bad for others. Let's start with a bet. Actually, let's start with a few numbers to get some context. There are 2,970 apps on the App Store and Google Play right now that have GPT in their name or description. Five were released on Friday and 451 so far in the month of May. Developers have moved fast and considering most of those apps are thin wrappers around OpenAI's APIs, the speed kind of makes sense. Out of this ocean of apps, a handful became very successful. Apps like Ask AI and Genie are seeing millions of downloads and millions of dollars in monthly revenue. In total, we estimate AI chatbots have earned around $10 million of net revenue in the last month. Now that we have the numbers, we can get to the bad news. The official ChatGPT app is pretty bare, just like ChatGPT on the web. That's not the bad news yet. Most of those apps currently out there pretty much the same, which means they don't have any real competitive advantage, and their existence is now threatened by the official client because it'll be much easier to find and not those other apps. And that's the bad news. Apps that rely on OpenAI's API and offer no additional value on top will have a very hard time competing right now. They could spend a lot on ads to get visibility, but ChatGPT is so hot that even if they do manage to succeed in getting eyeballs and downloads the return on it will be heavily negative. I suspect many of the thousands of apps currently available will get abandoned as their developers move on to something else. But ChatGPT's app will also be good news for some apps. One of the biggest challenges with ChatGPT, or even BARD or really any generative AI, is what to do with it. Sure, you can ask it to do anything, but what should you ask? There are apps that help with that, Some offer pre-generated prompts, other add functionality that ChatGPT doesn't have, like summarizing PDFs and websites or interacting with other services. Plugins, which are slowly coming to the web version of ChatGPT, will solve the second problem, but the app doesn't offer access to plugins yet, and I don't know if that's coming anytime soon. Apps that add functionality on top of ChatGPT conversations are still at an advantage, and as more people are exposed to AI, more people will likely want help with what to do with it. And we'll likely want an alternative that can do it better. The tech crowd might want an official app, but the masses are looking for specific features. That's the good news. App Store Optimization, paid ads, and word of mouth are going to drive even more downloads for those apps as a result, in my opinion. Should you join the race right now? Maybe? If you want to build a real app with real value, real features, and take it seriously like a business? Sure, I think this is a great time to jump in on this wave because... ChatGPT and Generative AI is really, really hot, and that's not changing anytime soon. But if you just want to make some quick cash, nope, that's all over. And that's what I think at least. Do you like this opinion section? Let me know in the comments if I should do this again, and if so, what you want to hear my opinions on. And that's all I have for you this week. If you've learned something new, make sure to give the episode a like. I'll see you next week.